This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When the red light goes... Uh, take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This... It's off air with Chris Thomas and Mike Conti, giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station as we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to Off Air. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome on in to the latest episode of the Off Air podcast. I am Chris Thomas, joined by the head honcho. Mike Conti, Mike, can't believe I'm about to say this, but when this episode drops on Thursday morning, it will be time for baseball. And it's really hard to believe that another year, another spring training has gone right by. I'm excited, but it feels like there's just so much going on right now. I mean, I it really feels like pitchers and catchers just reported, doesn't it? it, it the... Spring training just absolutely flew by. I honestly, I think the World Baseball Classic probably had a lot to do with uh, that feeling that that spring training just kind of, you know, when a snap was over. But yeah, here we are now at the start of uh, baseball season. It's going to be an unbelievable weekend between the start of baseball season, uh, the Final Four, which again, I think is very compelling. I know some people probably are, are not as excited about some non-blue bloods being in the mix. I think that makes it incredibly interesting. Uh, we're a week away from the Masters. I mean, if you want to count Monday as the end of the weekend, practice rounds will be here by the, the start of the weekend. An um, event like any other, as our old friend would say. Yeah, that's one way to say it, yes. Um, <laughs> um, Atlanta United obviously plays this weekend. I mean, I, the only thing that I feel like we're missing like there's, it feels like there should be like some blockbuster fight this weekend, doesn't it? Like that, that's like the one missing piece. Usually in a big sports weekend like this, it, there's something huge going on out in Vegas, uh, and and maybe that's a, a little bit lacking. But it's going to be a very maybe there's like event. a uh, Kentucky Kentucky Derby prep race or something going the, on. Yeah, like exactly, like the the Wood Memorial. Or the, <laughs> I used to watch ABC Wide World of Sports in, in late March, early April, and they'd be showing like the, the California Derby or the Florida Derby or something like that as a, a prep race for the Kentucky Derby. So that's, that's a good pull by you. But no, I, it's going to be really exciting. We're really excited here at the radio station about Brave Season getting started. It gives us another um, really important avenue of content and something that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about on the radio station spent a lot of time gauging 
uh, the reaction of our audience and our listeners. And, um, you know, we're going to be, just as we've been the last couple of years, very much embedded with the team, with Grant McCauley's reporting out of the ballpark. And um, it, it's just, it's going to be a fun season. I think the Braves are going to be excellent. They're playing in the best division in baseball. The new scheduling format, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you're going to see a lot more variety in the schedule this year, which I think is really, really cool and a big win for all of us as baseball fans. And I think all of us here at the radio station, we're really, really excited to start telling the Brave story again. Yeah. Speaking of uh, important people in the Braves, yesterday was a pretty awesome day on the radio station because we had not just Hawks general manager Landry Fields, not just Alex Anthopoulos, Braves general manager, but the owner of the Atlanta Falcons as well, Arthur Blank. So that just goes to show you that 92.9 The Game, if you want inside exclusive access to the biggest and best names in Atlanta sports, I think there's really only one place to go. Well, it, yeah, I I would like to think that we are the place to go, but I know that other outlets are doing a very good job too. So I, I want to be a little bit careful about that. But yes, you're right. I mean, we're very, very fortunate with the relationships that we have, the partnership we have with the Falcons and Hawks, where we get regular access to Arthur Blank. We get weekly access to Landry Fields. That's all part of our partnership with those teams. And, and that's why you can only hear that content here. Alex Anthopoulos, uh, look, flat out, he's got a great relationship with Bo Morgan and a lot of other people at our radio station, and and I think he's he, he's very, very gracious with his time. He's a very, very busy individual, but he's very, very gracious with his time. I think in part because he really enjoys coming on our radio station. I think he really likes talking to Carl and Mike, and I think he really likes talking to Stink. Um, in fact, when Stink had him on, not – most recently, but a couple, it may have been a month or two ago now. Um, you know, Alex was talking about during the pandemic, all he did was binge watch Atlanta Eats. So <laughs> he's a big fan of steak through his television show. So, you know, we don't necessarily have the business relationship with the Braves, but we do have good individual relationships with guys like Alex Anthopoulos and Brian Snitker. And I, I think Alex comes on with us because he really just enjoys coming on this radio station and being able to share some information, but maybe do it in a, a little bit more of a laid back format here. Yeah. And uh, if Braves fans want to come hang out with said Carl and Mike, I believe we're going to be uh, out on the streets, getting the word out about the start of Braves season as well, Mike. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's, we've got a busy week. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's tough to balance this because you have the opener the season opener on Thursday, and there's a lot of excitement about that. And then I think there's kind of a secondary, um, you know, kind of burst of excitement about the home opener. And in some ways, the home opener even feels bigger than the regular season opener, which is coming up mm -hmm. on Thursday. So, you know, for the home opener, next week we'll be out at Murph's. Um, at Cobb Galleria, right by the ballpark next Thursday and Friday. Dukes and Bell will be there. But, you know, for the regular season opener, and I know this is going to drop probably around the time we're doing this on Thursday, uh, we're going to have Grant McCauley in studio with the morning shift on, on Thursday because awesome. um, I, I think we need to spend a lot of time kind of previewing the Brave season, 
Um, I think we need to spend a lot of time getting Grant's thoughts and analysis on the upcoming season because uh, there are some changes. There's some notable changes that I think Grant can help put into context. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun hearing Grant interact with Tiffany, Mike, and Bo uh, as they kind of all share their thoughts and feelings about the season ahead. There's only one day in the entire season where everyone's undefeated and everyone's got an equal chance. And that's that's Thursday, March 30th. That is the first and only day where everyone is undefeated and everyone has a chance. So we're going to lean into that as a radio station. But I, I think we're really going to go hard um, you know, with the on-site stuff next week when they have their home opener next Thursday. Because, there, again, there's just a different level of excitement when you have your home opener. It, it is a little bit of a bummer. It's a tiny bit that you have to open on the road this year. And you look at the weather right now, like, oh, oh my goodness. Opportunity. I mean, we have perfect weather in Atlanta right now. Why aren't we opening the season down here? Well, you mentioned Bo Morgan somewhere. He's smiling right now because me and you were talking about the weather on the podcast. And that is <laughs> that was always a favorite topic of his. He okay. would open with it almost, I would say, three out of five days a week on Yeah Man, No Man. Eventually, towards the end, it was a bit of satire because he knew I would <laughs> I would hit him with the buzzer when he would open with it. But nonetheless, Bo Morgan turned into Dukes and Bell's meteorologist there for a while. <laughs> All right. Um a big shift could potentially be happening in the world of sports media with this next story, Mike. Reportedly, on April 1st, unless you pay up $7.99 a month, Blue Check Twitter will cease to exist as we've known it for the last about 10 years or so. Mm -hmm. um, all previously verified uh, accounts will be losing their check marks unless you cough up the coin. So it will become increasingly more difficult to verify information, to check sources, to, to vet between Adam Schefter with two F's in the middle and Ian Rappaport with three P's in the middle and the like. Um, so, Mike, are you, A, planning on coughing up the coin, and B, concerned about the effect this will have on a medium that, quite frankly, our industry relies pretty heavily on? for accurate information. It's turned into the new wire service, which is a little bit scary because the standards and practices, even with verified accounts, it's just not the same as the, the standards and practices. And heck, the Associated Press has a style book about this thick on um, editorial standards, practices, how things are supposed to be written. Oh, that uh, thing haunted me when I took journalism one and two in college. Oh, the AP style book? Oh, we yeah. had quizzes daily almost, oh. it felt like, on that thing. We had to read that thing cover to cover, and we had to understand why the abbreviation for North Dakota and the abbreviation for Nebraska, why it was different. It, oh, God. And oh. you better put that period in there. Otherwise, that's, it doesn't count. That's exactly right. So I kind of feel like we've been in that wild, wild west. It, it, you said the last 10 years. I think that's accurate. I, I think – Twitter kind of became the replacement for the AP wire around the start of 2012. Um, and we've, we've been in this kind of unusual world where um, standards, practices, ethics, news gathering standards, they, they, they've all changed since the advent of Twitter. 
do they change again now because blue check marks are gone and we have to be a little bit more careful when we look at actual Twitter handles? It's a really good question. Um, I'll tell you that two things I'm certain of. Number one, I'm certain I'm not going to pay the $7 a month. I've been on Twitter since October of 2012. I'm just looking right now. I, oh no, I don't want to lock myself out. How many, how many followers do I have? Uh, I have 37,500 followers. I don't think that's, I don't think that's bad. Never had a blue check mark in my life. Tried a couple times. Uh, each time I've been rejected because I wasn't notable enough. It wasn't important (laughs) enough. Atlanta United even tried to get me a blue check mark and and they couldn't do it. So you're only the play by play voice of the team. Uh, not notable enough, I guess. So, <laughs> I but you, and, you games, and Mike Bell. But well, it, well, for Mike reasons. had a slightly different. For Mike reasons. had a slightly different issue with Twitter, which we'll, we'll kind of throw to the side. But same result. Uh, no, it, it's just it, it, I never quite understood why, you know, some gamer with two hundred followers or some self-proclaimed fashion influencer with like four hundred followers, instant blue check mark, but someone who actually reports on news. And works for a news outlet such as myself with almost 38,000 followers, no blue check. Never really understood that, but uh, hey, now we're on an even playing field. And I'm going to, why would I pay $7 a month for something that I have not needed to, you know, build a following where I have almost 38,000 followers? So I'll never do that. But the other prediction I'll make, Chris, is I, I think, again, these predictions of Twitter's demise, these these expectations that people are going to flee from Twitter and not be a part of the platform anymore because of Elon Musk or the changes he's making or whatever, uh, hasn't happened yet. No. Uh, and until there's a mainstream viable alternative that everyone can kind of jump to in mass, I think Twitter's here for the long haul. And I think, you know, we as people who, you know, consume twitter on this um we'll adapt you know we'll, we'll figure out ways um but again i never want to see our radio station go with a breaking story that was only seen in a tweet you know we have editorial practices here we require dual confirmation on uh, you know, any breaking story, unless it's something that one of our own people confirms independently. Okay. So we've always had the standard that if Ian Rappaport with the correct spelling uh, reports that, you know, something has happened to Lamar Jackson, we're not going to go with it until it's verified by a second source. Mm-hmm. Um, so we at the radio station probably won't have to adjust a whole lot. Um we had a situation maybe a decade ago where uh, Ian Rappaport with eight P's and three T's in, <laughs> in the handle uh, reported something inaccurate. And it was and red laser beam shooting out of his eyes. Right, right, exactly. It, he, he wrote something that, um, you know, we, we were duped by and, and that caused us to go in and, and, you know, really construct these editorial standards so it wouldn't happen again. So I think, you know, the way we consume it at the radio stations, nothing really is going to change. You know, how other people digest what they see on Twitter, yeah, it it probably is going to change and they are going to have to adapt. But I I just don't know what the mainstream alternative is right now. Um, You know, I know there are certain 
microblogging sites that kind of are politically affiliated. I'm not going there. Uh, I don't. I don't <laughs> care about politics. I, I don't need that in my timeline. Um, so until someone comes up with a microblogging site that is a viable alternative to Twitter, I think Twitter is going to be just fine. Yeah, I mean there are ones that exist, but again, you have to pay for them. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me, and they're not instant. You could do a service right. like Substack, but that's like a morning newsletter. If something happens at you know one thirty in the afternoon, there's no quick way. To get that message out there. And, and again, what good is it if you're going to lose your followers? You know, like it, it it's taken me 11 years to get to 38,000 followers. I, I don't want to just throw that away. Right. And lose it because I don't like that they're taking blue check marks away or, you know, you're going to be allowed to edit certain tweets or, or have more than 280 characters. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take my ball and go home and throw all those followers away. I've I, I worked pretty hard to to get there and i I don't want to just punt all of that um again it's kind of like when you buy a new cell phone if there's a way to port your number to a new phone and keep all your contacts all right i don't have a problem buying that new phone if you're telling me i have to change my number and and reset all my con contacts i don't want to do that it's too much work oh forget it Uh, well luckily these days i don't know the last time you got a new phone they just stick there's like a link cable. They stick right. one thing in a machine, one thing in the phone, and it's like you're looking at your old home screen on your new phone. It's pretty Let amazing. me tell you, young man, it was not always like that. <laughs> <laughs> not always like that in the early days of cell phones, believe me. My first fo- my I remember my first cell phone. I got it in like maybe seventh or eighth grade. It was okay, the what Nokia. year was that? Uh that would have been two thousand and Seven, two thousand eight, somewhere around then. Um, I got a Nokia block phone in black and white, and the biggest, the biggest thing on this phone. And I was one of the first people to get one in my grade class. So that made me very popular. Was the fact that it had Snake on it, the game <laughs> where the, the block of Snake would right. go around the screen, and you'd have to prevent it from eating its own tail. That made me popular with the ladies in seventh grade at Thomas Jefferson Memorial Middle School, Mike. Yeah, wow. I mean, my my first cell phone I got when I was a junior in high school because I was my parents wanted me to have one in case I had like a roadside emergency in my car, and it was a phone that was basically the size of um like a Red Bull can, you know, yeah. about that tall and about that thick. And it was made by NEC and like no tricks or games on it whatsoever. It was an LCD screen. It was basically like an old calculator. All you could do was type numbers in. And then I graduated from that to, I think it was a Nokia, kind of similar to what you're talking about, like a, or I'm sorry, Kia Sarah, like a block. Oh my goodness. And, And my third phone. When I graduated college was a flip phone. And I thought I was <laughs> me-ish when I had my first flip phone. Because now the screen's in color. You can kind of take these low-resolution pictures. Uh, if you want to be able to download a ringtone, of which I had many, uh, you, you could do that. You couldn't really surf the internet or anything like that. No, you could barely uh, send a text. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, that's true. That that would have been the first phone that I learned to text on, uh, and it what you had to 
Like if you wanted the letter C, yeah, you, have you had to, to go A. Oh B. my god! Oh yep, terrible. You, you know, we look back on that now. We wonder how we even did it. That's um, that's how internet language really started. Right. Like see you later became the letter C, the letter U, and then L eight T R. Well, that's where that started. I, I, being a perfectionist, always typed down all my words, so my text took much longer to produce. Oh, but, you were one but, of those. Like, but you go from, like, my evolution was flip phone to razor phone. Do you remember Ooh, those razor oh, phones? Of course. Which I, I thought, actually, those were really kind of sharply designed. Flip phone to razor phone, then to BlackBerry. BlackBerry was, like, my first kind of attempt at a smartphone. Um, and then, you know, the iPhone and I, I've been with the iPhone now for, you know, 12, 13 years, but, um, it, you know, looking back on it now, I don't know how I existed in life without an iPhone. Um, you know, when I got a, my Blackberry it was the first time I could actually check an email without sitting by a computer. It was mm-hmm. life changing at that time. How do we get on this topic? Oh, uh, Twitter. Yeah. Twitter. Twitter. You know, look, 10, 15 years ago, we didn't have Twitter and we functioned just fine. But I think Twitter is a lot like an iPhone. You know, we've be, we've just become so dependent. Quite frankly, when I wake up, it's maybe the first or second app I open. My email might be my first. Uh, but it's the first app I open when I wake up. It's the last app I look at before I go to bed. Uh, when I have a minute or two of downtime, it's the first app I check. Because, yeah, there is a lot of helpful information and breaking news and interesting content there. And um, that's why, again, I I just I don't see it going away, despite all the predictions to the contrary. I I think it's here. It would be like suggesting that there's been an ownership change at Walmart and therefore people aren't going to shop at Walmart anymore. No, if you've developed a habit of going to Walmart, uh, you know, because you like their prices and you like their stores and you like their merchandise and, and the prices and the merchandise and the stores aren't going to change. You're still probably going to go to Walmart, even if the owner is different. Just in case, let's have our fax machines ready. And uh, <laughs> we're going to revive Sports Phone, which was my service oh. in, New York, in New York. We, we have the call. Action Phone. Uh, my <laughs> first job in, in uh, high school, I had to update the Action Phone. It, uh, <laughs> we had to call uh, an 800 number and then hit a bunch of stuff on the touchstone to, to get into the recording matrix, basically. And then we it, essentially we had to record voicemails. Yep. And then, you know, people would call in the hit one and get the weather and it would be my voicemail basically of me reading the weather yukon defeated gonzaga 75 71 right. drew timmy with 21 point that's exactly what it was it was the greatest yeah. thing ever. all right from the greatest thing ever to maybe the lamest thing ever as we transition here into our hall of fame audio of the day Oh, my God, Mike, not even just because I'm a Jets fan, but just as a football fan and a sports fan, this went from one of the coolest stories of my lifetime to it's now verging on the lamest story of my lifetime. Aaron Rodgers has taken Diva. He's taken uh, Too Cool for School. He's taken Holier Than Thou to a level in which I can no longer comprehend and borderline no longer support even as he attempts to join my team. 
this has become a trip to the dentist combined with nails on a chalkboard combined with watching a fiery train wreck as you stall in traffic on the way home. I mean, this guy and these two teams continue to drag this decision out. It's now going, it's not just day after day or week after week. It is now month after month that this story has continued. And the latest wrinkle is that apparently when Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee's show a few weeks ago and said that the Packers had not, I want to phrase this properly, reached out to him in a way that was sufficient to him to know that they were interested in either moving him or keeping him and making a negotiation. Brian Gutekunst, the Packers GM, responded at the owners' meeting basically saying, excuse me? I think so. I think obviously it was a disappointing season, right? And you come out of the season, you have a lot of conversations not only with Aaron, but with uh, the rest of the team, coaches and everybody. And then as you go through that process, you kind of get an idea of where you're going to move to, you know, as a team, how you're going to go forward. And I think I was really looking forward to the conversations with Aaron to see how he fit into that. Uh, those never transpired. So, it, you know, there, there came a time where we kind of had to, we had to make some, you know, decisions. So we went through his representatives to try to kind of talk to him where we were going with our team. And at that point, um, you know, they informed us they would like to, to be traded to the Jets. Yeah, that's not what Aaron said uh, at all. So who do you believe and what's the real story? I'm going to raise my hand here. I don't care anymore. Either <laughs> sign or don't, Mike. This has become so beyond ridiculous. He said, she said, between a megastar and one of the marquee franchises in the NFL. It's enough already. Enough. Well, look, it, truth is usually somewhere in the middle. Words are usually chosen very carefully in situations like this. So we probably still don't have the complete truth from either side. I will point out recently within the last couple of years, Aaron Rodgers has had some noteworthy occasions of strongly bending and distorting the truth. Immunized. I'm immunized. Uh, so that needs to be kept in mind if we're evaluating credibility. But at this point, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm kind of over it. Like, I'm really just kind of over this story now. Um, Rogers is, I mean, he's an unbelievable player. Is he the most likable guy? I don't know. Uh, and, and I think likability plays a big role in the staying power of stories like these. Um, so I, I'm with you. I'm with you, Chris. Um, I'm, I'm just ready for this to resolve itself and we can move on and, and talk about fun things like the draft, which is in less than a month and, and, and really get rolling into, you know, mini camps and, and the start of training camp, which really is not that far away. We're going to have mini camps in, um, you know, two and a half months. We're going to have the draft in less than a month. Uh, rookie mini camps will be about a month from now. So, um, look, just let's resolve this and move on and, and stop with the back and forth. And he, he said, she said, and you know, I'll kind of keep it to myself who I believe more in this story. But again, I'll point out that there's a lot of cookie crumbs that would lead you to the truth that you probably don't have to go too far back to find. Yeah. Unfortunately, those crumbs have become stale, stepped on, uh, <laughs> You know, a dog may have found a few of them. Um, yeah, this is this is just like I said. This this has nothing to do with the fact that I'm a Jets fan. This is just a football fan in me. That's and really to tie everything together, I think social media has become a big problem in all of this because it's given right. 
athletes an even higher sort of seat at the table in terms of a pecking order of I'm this transcendent figure and I'll give you a glimpse into my lifestyle and a glimpse into my fashion and fame and dating life and, you know, front row seats at every concert and best cars that you can, money can buy. And I'll flash it on Twitter and Instagram. And this is how much better I am than you, the average peon sports fan, essentially. I think, unfortunately, there's a lot, there, there's a lot of athletes that don't do that. But there are a lot of athletes who do do that, unfortunately. And it's become an even bigger problem than, you know, 30, 40 years ago when you would see athletes on TV and you would see that they have the best clothes and the best cars. But it was I feel like it was a little more mythological. It was a little Mm -hmm. more removed. Now, now it's more shoved in your face. And the, the ironic part is the pedestal now seems even higher even though we're closer than ever to the access. But that's a different rant for a different day. And on that positive note, we will conclude the latest episode of the Off-Air Podcast. By the time we rejoin you next, Braves will be underway, and we will have a ton more shenanigans to get into. We'll see how – I mean, I'm fascinated to see the way that the Hawks play out their next couple of games – how United's going to bounce back after a tough game last weekend. We successfully avoided talking about that for two episodes, by the way. Um, Good. (laughs) (laughs) I have a a really hot take Hawks prediction for you. Okay. Teams left. Yeah. I predict they're going to win three of them. Ooh. Spicy. Ooh, you get a transition Annabelle for that one. How about that? It's, I mean, it's, it's amazing how a team can, Break I've never the, seen anything like it. Break the record it, in the NBA yeah. for most games at, above, or below one game between 500. That's it's amazing. The weirdest thing. I'm going to tell you something, though. If that form holds in the playoffs, the Hawks are going to be in a game seven. Yeah, so, that's true. You know, they, they could – and they still have a mathematical chance at sneaking into the sixth seed. I, I don't think uh, that will happen. I don't think that will happen. But, uh, okay, mush. if you stay on this pattern, Chris, just hear me out. You stay on this pattern – uh let's see you have brooklyn let's say you lose you beat dallas lose chicago beat washington lose philadelphia beat boston you're 41 and 41 you're probably going to be eighth you're probably going to be going to brooklyn uh possibly miami uh you'd be coming off a loss which means you would then win the 9-10 game probably (laughs) against Toronto. but then hear me out so then Lose game one in who's who's gonna be the number one seed in the East? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. We actually matched up pretty well against. True. Lose game one, win game two, lose game three, win game four, lose game five, win game six. You're going to a game seven in Milwaukee in the first round, my friend. You know what you've just become? The Charlie Day meme from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where he's smoking the cigarette and has the map lined out with all the pins in it, trying to solve the case. Right. That's who you've <laughs> officially become. And we will end the episode right there.